What up, what up, party people? This is Ian Lenhart coming at you from Miami, Florida, just to let you know that it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And speaking of a good day, I feel like people aren't having enough of them these days. People just aren't doing any fun stuff with their friends. Granted, there's health concerns, you know, can't really be with each other in this whole COVID environment, but you can be with certain people that you're hanging out with on the regular. The point is, is we need to do more fun things socially. And that includes inviting some people over and having a good time. I mean, think about it. If you're listening to this right now, when's the last time you just got together with a group of your friends and just chilled? In my opinion, when you actually hang out with friends it's one of the only times I can actually detach myself from work and emails and life because you know I'm always just getting pinged up on my phone the serotonin's going up and down because of all the electronics when I'm hanging out with friends and I have you know people over for dinner or people over for some wine or if I'm not even in that mode maybe a little bit of poker action you know when I have friends over and I'm just hanging out it puts me in such a better mood like having dinner parties doing something that encourages communication and socialization. I believe as humans, we were meant to be social creatures. It's part of our life. Like we need social time to be happy. And a lot of us have just been caving away in our COVID world, just not doing anything. So even if that means going on Zoom and being social, in some way, shape or form, you gotta push yourself to be social. Here are some ideas to do it. Number one, game night. I don't know if you've ever played Risk. It's one of the greatest games ever. It's it's so competitive. It's the most epic game ever. I mean, if you play Risk, you may end up not being friends with the people you play with after because eventually whoever ends up taking over the world, it, it's just not a good, it's the best game ever. Play some Risk, play some cards. If you're gonna do poker night, do poker night. Get a poker set for like $50 online. Learn Texas Hold'em. Invite some of your gals over, some of your friends over. Do a little poker night, throw $20 in there. Or if you wanna play with Skittles, taste the rainbow. You could do a dinner party night. I love dinner parties. I recently just got a new apartment. I move in next month, I'm really excited about it. I'm gonna be doing dinner parties all the time. You know, and make some bomb chicken parm. Go online, look up a recipe, follow the directions and make about eight servings. All of a sudden you got a dinner party. You could do a wine tasting. I mean, this is self-explanatory. Just invite some of your peeps over and wine will probably be there. Do some wine tasting. Do maybe a cigar step, a cigar session, a little stogie session, you know what I'm saying? A little, little whiskey and stogie. And if drinking's not your thing, you gotta play the game Red Flags. I gotta just talk about Red Flags. It's a, it's a hilarious game. Red Flags is is a, is this game, kind of like Cards Against Humanity, but the idea is that you're setting up your friend with a date, right? So there's white flags and red flags. White flags are good attributes about a person. Red flags are bad attributes. The white flags represent, you know, two funny characteristics and good. It's one of the best games ever. I need you guys to understand that. I recommend ordering it. But with that said, the whole idea here is go out and have a good time. Go invite some friends over. Use this as an example to put Friday, schedule it, to invite some friends over, be social, in the name of a damn good day. And with that said, we have one of the most positive, motivational, unbelievable entrepreneurs in her name, Lisa Jolly. I am so excited this went down. Lisa is incredible. She's the founder of Honey Bunch Naturals. She has created all of these amazing products that are all based on honey. I mean, I'm talking soaps, I'm talking candles, candy, lip balm, you name it. She's figured out a way to infuse honey into almost everything and go, she goes deep into all these 
health benefits of honey and how honey can just change our lives in so many different ways. I mean, she is the honey expert and her just experience building a business is incredible. I mean, like, she's the type of person that just jumps on a plane tomorrow and sends it. You know, she gets a taste, a good vibe of an idea and she just pursues it. She doesn't think back. And you get that when you speak to her. She's just all positive, all energy. And we spoke about so many different things along those lines of building a company on the fly. I mean, her story of getting into the soap business is epic. I mean, she is a true and tried entrepreneur, right? Everyone's got excuses. She sure did. And she figured out a way to do something incredible. You're going to have to listen to find out the pros and cons of manufacturing, whether you're doing it domestically or internationally, the, you know, what's the deal there? I mean, that's, that's such a big learning curve that so many people fail. It's so much easier if you just learn it from someone that's already done it, at least just to climb the ladder a few steps, because obviously everyone's going to make some mistakes. We talked about how she now manages rappers like R.A.P., like Waka Flock of Flames. Yeah, you would never know, but Lisa Jolly, she's a manager of, of a rapper, and it's incredible the story of how she got into it. She's a true and tried entrepreneur. She's so positive, and I'm so excited to jump into this episode. So without further ado, I appreciate all our listeners. You guys are amazing. You are the life and breath of this podcast, and we're just getting started. So without further ado, introducing Lisa Jolly, founder of Honey Bunch Naturals. Let's jump into it. We're live. Lisa Jolly, she's in the building. How are you? I'm so excited for this episode. Yeah, I'm good. I'm in the house. How are you? I like your smile, by the way. What's with that? It's like a million dollar smile. You know, I'm just trying to be like you. I'm trying to live the good life, you know, be happy, enjoy the little tiny things. And every single day we get more and more problems. Then you ask yourself, are they really problems or are they champagne problems? You know, one of my good friends mentioned to me, he goes, you know, I have issues, right? But they're not really issues. There's a difference between a problem and a champagne problem. A champagne problem is something that it's not really a problem. It's more just a cause of an effect of a good thing happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Champagne problem is only when you can't get the lid off, you know, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the only problem. I completely agree with you. Um, you know, you've just got to put your smile on and just rock forward. And um, as they say, and someone own your shirt and have some fun, right? Amen. And you're the you're the master <laughs> at that. You're you're like the definition of a good time. You got good vibes. You're good energy. You're just a good person. And you've had a crazy life, like, and still just getting crazier. And you're you're willing to put the life on the line. You're just a go getter. You're somebody that I'm really excited to share with our audience because your stories. I mean, the stuff you've been through, the people you meet. <laughs> Isn't it just interesting how you never know what's going to come next? Yeah, it's an interesting question because a lot of people are like, um, oh, why does that always happen to you? Or, oh my God, are you serious? Like, if I always say to people who come in my life, um, yeah, pretty much something's going to happen. And, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, actually. But really what happens with people, entrepreneurs like, uh, myself and people are really, you know, got the shield down, ready to do business, not worried about what people think. Um, you know, they're standing in the traffic. So you're going to get a, a lot of stuff coming at you. And whether you get squashed over or not is 
the difference between getting up and standing again and weaving around and going for it. If you're not out there standing there, you're not going to have much, you know, to say. Not many exciting stories. That's my view on things. Right. So I, I'd much rather have the stories. And you just go and you go with the flow, you know, you're, you, you have a plan, you have a trajectory, you're trying to get there, but things come up in the way and you ask yourself, do I, is this going to be fun? Am I going to have fun? Oh, can I make money too? And you have this really good way of marrying those two things. Yeah. Well, you've got a choice. You can either like get slapped in the face or actually enjoy the journey and then pop that champagne and try and get the lid off. Right. <laughs> and, and celebrate it. Because what's the point of um, celebrating all the great times and, you know, uh, realizing what is actually important if you can't actually tell some stories when you're sitting around with your friends and, and people you've met and, and who people have experienced the journey on the way. I'd much prefer to share it and, you know, build on that as well. I, I, I hope I never stop having crazy stories. It'll be, it'll be pretty upsetting. <laughs> and, and, and tell everyone, tell everyone where you're coming in from right now. Yeah, so I'm I'm from New Zealand. You can see you're I'm I'm thinking you're summer Miami. We're we're in spring apparently. You know, as you can tell with my, you know, uh, hands up in the air. Um, <laughs> party over there. Sorry. Um, no, I'm I'm in I'm in New Zealand, and it is September, so it's going into spring. But it's actually freezing cold outside, and everyone got a like a little snippet of uh, sunshine, and now we've been thrown back into uh, chilly weather. So. Um, I'm from New Zealand. I'm in my office. I'm really excited that I'm in my office. I'm never sitting here. And if I could show you my office, it's just like this new uh, building thing, but with nothing pretty much, a chair from down the street. Uh, we've got a whiteboard and it says, I just read it, it says $1 million. I don't know when I wrote that. <laughs> but hey, um, so I'm from New Zealand sitting in my office, uh, in Honeybunch office actually. You're in Miami, right? Yeah, we're in Miami. It's, it's, it's nice. It's beautiful. We got lizards running around, good vibes, good energy. Lots of, I, I'm all into like the whole monsoon deal. You know, one second it's beautiful, next second it's raining, but then it gets beautiful again. I like it. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love lizards too. They're very cool. So you got to give everybody a background. I mean, you've done a lot of interesting things. You know, today you're working on the Honey Bunch Naturals. It's a great product. I'm obsessed with it. I got this amazing package just all the goodies. We're going to get into Manuka honey, the health benefits of it, because you are the honey expert. But before we get into that, can you give everybody just a background? You know, what led you to becoming, you know, the founder of this company? Like, what was some of the early accomplishments that kind of stacked up towards this? Okay, so it's a really interesting journey, because, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of these entrepreneurs who is uh, always looking for something that excites me and I've always been involved in retail actually so I had a, bus a business which actually I uh, master franchised and grew out it was it was called Scent so in the shop it had these beautiful handcrafted soaps it had everything that um, you know girls like and and it visually was really really cool as well um, well one one day a man came into the shop and he was from China, of all these places, right? And didn't speak any English. And he just said, uh, in Chinese, of course, he said, I want to buy this soap, which doesn't sound like that. But I was like, oh, well, there's a soap. And I was like, fantastic. Okay, how long are you here for? And it surprised me because I've ne I've never been to China or anything like that. And I was kind of like, this is strange because people normally buying the other way. And um, anyway, so I was like, yeah, sure, we can do that. At that stage, absolutely no idea how to make soap, right? No idea. 
So I got on a plane the next day to the other island in New Zealand, believe it or not, there's two islands down here. And um, I went down to the soap maker and I said, look, I can do this amazing deal. I've got this Chinese guy who's going to buy all of these soaps and I just saw myself as kind of a broker. Well, lo and behold, I went down and the guy I've been working with for so long who owned that company, he, he had this other lady there and he basically sold the business the week before. I was just like, are you actually kidding me? So anyway, this lady, she's really lovely, but she's like, oh, no, 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 can't do that, you know. So got back on the plane that night, had to Tuesday to um, make the samples, 12 samples. So, you know, I opened a few bottles of wine, got it. I, I paid the person, I looked online and I said, look, I can learn to make soap. So I went across town the next day, made all the soap with this lady, came back, made all these samples over a few bottles of wine with the neighbours and submitted them to this guy who left to go to China. Anyway, I was like, okay, well, whatever. I was sitting in Bora Bora for my 40th birthday with the lizards and the notion, looking at things beautiful. And this massive order came in from this Chinese guy. And I was just like, are you actually kidding me? When, so, you, say, when you say massive, like what does that mean massive? Like thousands of units? Uh, it was uh, $170,000. Wow. <laughs> considering I'd made the soap in the microwave and never made soap before, it was like a massive order considering I didn't actually make the soap. I kind of like winged, winged it, you know? So, like, so, you, so you oh just get a, so you make a sample of like 12 of these things in the microwave. You're just figuring it out. You have no idea what you're doing. And next thing you know, he just goes, I love this. I here's a huge purchase order. And it was done. Like what? Yeah. So there was a, yeah. So there was a like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just do this. I can do this. And I was really, really frustrated. I remember being frustrated because I was supposed to be relaxing, but I was all excited and there was really bad Wi-Fi there. So I couldn't really do anything to organize anything or think how was I going to do it. So what I did when I got home is I made, um, I bought eight microwaves and I made, I think it was about five ton of soap in my kitchen. Nearly killed myself. Um, anyway, sent the order off. He loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I better have a manufacturing business. So I started this little garage. I actually went from microwaves to barbecues because it, I blew up all the microwaves. And I said to a couple of my retail people in the sports, I was like, hey, do you want to be a production manager? Do you want to be a, like a specialist something? And they're like, yeah, okay. So we got this garage, shifted them down the road. Um, long story short, the lady who bought the business from the original guy, she rang me up and was like, oh, do you want to order? And I was like, well, I actually don't need to now because I kind of learned how to do it. Um, but I'll help you if you like try and get your business going. Uh, long story short, I ended up buying her factory and shipping it up to Auckland. And I became a manufacturer. And so I went from being, uh, I guess, yeah, you know, check in a city, all like savvy and loving customers to this manufacturing business, which is actually not that great because you're just always covered in shit, you know, like you're basically grinding it out and the volumes we were sending were incredibly crazy. So I saw this competition and it was on Shopify. It was called the Builderbiz competition. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to win that. Easy. 
I want to go to Necker Island and meet Richard Branson. So I entered this competition and I couldn't figure out what the brand would be, but with, with, with the dynamic and the relationship and everything I'd learned about the natural wellness, and I think because we weren't manufacturers in the beginning, we did never mess around with any chemicals or anything. We were basically just using good old-fashioned recipes off the internet, and we made base recipes that were like good, there was none of these uh, sulfates or any nasty things in it. So it kind of built this amazing product. Anyway, um, I decided that I'd have a business that would be this international business and I'd do it through the Shopify thing, enter the competition and Honey Bunch was born for that competition. So I made the name up because it's a bunch of stuff with honey in it and also I had a florist shop. So I loved the idea of incorporating like nature and creative visually and flowers and all the good stuff that goes into products. And, um, you know, I did this competition, Honey Bunch was born. Um, I didn't win the competition. I cried, actually, I cried for like a week. Like I was in a fetal position. But because I had done such an amazing, uh, I guess, commitment, and I was really one of the only ones that wasn't in the USA, Shopify actually wrote a really cool article about me and the, the mentors like Branson, Seth Gordon, I think it is, Damon John, they all signed a book and they sent me a book. This is the highlight of my life. And it says in the cover, uh, never stop being weird, honey bunch. <laughs> so that's my claim to fame. Um, after that, Honey Bunch uh, decided that I wanted to open a shop in Hong Kong because I'd been travelling through Hong Kong on the way to China to check out the style supplying to. Opened a shop in Hong Kong, took a lease, and um, I was ex really excited because I just love Hong Kong so much. Honestly, fantastic city. Anyway, I'm in China seeing this customer who originally bought the soap and um, travelling back. Got another order, you know, we used to say work hard, pay hard, but you know, take my newbie production manager up and say, go to Shanghai for three days, have some fun, go and sell them some more products, come back. Anyway, I got back to Shanghai and um, I actually had a brain hemorrhage, which just to put a bit more pressure on, and I'd taken the lease for the shop in Hong Kong and I was due to open Honey Bunch in Hong Kong, I think, five weeks after this happened. I was in Wait, can can you say that out. again? You had a what? A, br a brain? Uh, so I, ha I don't have any sight in this eye. I don't know if you can see, but basically uh, I had a, a bleed in my brain yes. and I just woke up in the Shanghai number one hospital, which is an amazing hospital. <laughs> it was, you know what? It was crazy. I was in there for four weeks, had four surgeries. Um, couldn't fly back after that for a, another month to New Zealand for the pressure and all that sort of stuff. And honestly, that was a life-changing situation for me. And I was due to open Honey Bunch two weeks after I recovered from a sort of an eight-week stint. So I flew to Hong Kong and launched Honey Bunch in Hong Kong two weeks later. But the whole experience with that uh, sort of shook me a bit, but it gave me a new meaning on how to look at things in life and, and what's the value. And, you know, I had had a relationship with Honey Bunch where I've, I, I call it my love. And then I, at the moment, I'm like obsessed with it. I wake up every morning, I think, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. 
But, you know, there's time after that that I, I was just like, whoa, I don't know what I'm doing and completely out of my depth and I'm in Hong Kong and no one speaks any language and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm here now and um, it's, it's super cool. Like, we've got some really cool stuff going on and I love it. That is insane, first of all you knew nothing about manufacturing. You just took on the challenge and you're like, let's give it a shot. Was the whole doing the Branson thing, like gamifying, building the company, was that big for you? Turning it into a competition? Uh, Yeah, for sure. You know, you've you've got to, I I try and be, now after that event, I try and encourage as many people as I can because, you know, like I'm a middle-aged woman. I've never, other than Facebook, you know, I've never had any experience with Twitter. I mean, you're my first podcast, you know, congratulating me, all of that sort of stuff. And I had, I took it on a challenge to actually teach myself about, um, you know, technical stuff as well. I built the website myself. I just thought, you know what, I've just got to give it a go. And I, I didn't enter thinking I was going to be the bestseller. I just thought there might be a shot of the social media prize. I always back myself because that's, you know, I'm quite funny sometimes. I always say I'm funny as fuck most days. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But, you know, I did it. I got, I got, I learned just so much. Um, the people who I'm partnering with now, uh, funnily enough, they were my supporters through that competition on Twitter. And we never met. They just used to actually uh, encourage me through a few tweets because I was just out there every day. And now they're actually some of my uh, key people in my business or guidance, um, mentors, and you know, they're big players, like big, big players. So it does show you that as long as you put your, you know, your full energy into something and you want to do good, I think it will, you know, it'll keep giving back to you in some form, sometimes weird forms, but it's, it's good. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because you go out to Hong Kong. Do you speak, do you speak Chinese? Uh, yeah, like I can understand a bit of Cantonese and then in China it's Mandarin and I can understand some stuff. I can definitely understand this. <laughs> that is um, that is trying to get the price down. <laughs> <laughs> is it um, like just being in the, anybody in the States, typically when you think about China and you think about manufacturing, you think, okay, better cost, better production, things of that nature. Is it just night and day different there? Like when you see it? Like, how do you compare Chinese manufacturing to, say, doing it in America? Uh, look, to be, to be honest, I just mind-blowing. Um, so, of course, with, with us, it's completely, I think we're only one of 5% of people in New Zealand who actually exports to China, which is really rare. But, you, you know, with Manuka honey and all of the goodness that we've got down here, it's something that's high, like a high commodity. I, I had an experience in China where um, the man who was purchasing our products uh, took us to a factory and he took, took me in and he said this is this is your office now um, I was like what what is going on um, long story short they you know they wanted to replicate the product in, in China now that's when that's when our relationship was oh, I'll see you later have a great life and I actually ended up selling the manufacturing business and continuing on with honey bunch but you know there's so much technology involved that it's mind-blowing. You can walk into a factory there and all of these suits can come up over you. You know, here, we like put on a mask, wear some gloves, turn the music up, make a batch, smile, 
you know, completely different uh, volumes, all that sort of stuff. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, mind-boggling mind stuff. It's a completely world. One thing that's like so tough, and it's not if it's like your cup of tea, people that are in operations and product, they love this, but some people it just destroys them. And it's this branding, like building this box, getting the box down, making sure every time the box is filled, it's filled perfectly and properly. What has that experience been like for you? Does that give you nightmares or is that something that's very re rewarding? Or what tips would you have for somebody that's looking to create a product that you are outsourcing and you want it done right? Well, actually, I'm too afraid to outsource now because, you know, the repercussions of um, having such a strong online voice with your consumers is, is something that will keep you up at night. So... You have to um, either really, really fully commit to um, delivering a, a brand or, or a box the exact way you want it, um, yourself controlled. I've been in both situations with several brands, one with fulfillment centres and one with um, ourselves now fulfilling boxes. The difference, like this morning I woke up and there was a lovely message from the uh, customer. She said, you know, I ordered a box, this is from the States, and we shipped from New Zealand. So, you know, it's pretty pretty big effort for us to get them out the door and get them to the US. And she said, you know, um, I just want to say that uh, I sent this to my teenage daughter. You know, she's a teenager. She's having a bit of a rough time at the moment. She got the box, and she just couldn't believe that you wrote her name on it. And <laughs> I... I have these little photo cards that I change and I you know, say thanks for diving in with Honey Bunch and stuff like that. I personally take the time to write a note to every person who orders off us. And that's something that you can't replicate with a fulfillment centre without massive costs and also knowing exactly someone cares about your brand. But, but for me, it's very rewarding getting that feedback back from customers. Um, I think in the last two weeks, we've only been online uh, pretty much, I think, gosh, six weeks, maybe two months. And in the last two weeks, we've had 66 five-star reviews. Like, for me, that's massive. Like, that takes a lot of effort for a customer. I don't know if you get the same. So, word of advice, you have to, if you're going to build a company that's got emotions and you actually want to do more than sell products, like our company does, um, I mean, it sounds cliche, but I get more rewards from actually uh, have people having a nice experience, like enjoying themselves, putting a smile on their face. I believe, one thing I do believe after being dealing with Chinese people, this Chinese guy said to me, you know, if you do something really, really well, he said it in Chinese, of course, <laughs> but he said, if you do something really, really well, the money will follow. And... Um, you know, I think the, the advice is, is to make a commitment of really what you want to do really, really well and set a path with that and time, you know, work out if you want to involve that emotion in it. It's a choice, definitely, but it can keep you up at night, I'm telling you. Very interesting. And, and when I think of honey, right, I think of like most people think honey, you know, put your honey on your oatmeal, you got the honey, you got the bees honey can be used in many ways shape or form tell us about honey what's the deal with honey how is it so special like what have you learned about honey throughout your life doing this yeah okay so honey is um obviously as you say it's honey until you start understanding a little bit better we work with manuka honey which is 
like only in New Zealand and Australia. New Zealand, we, yeah, I'm half and half, so I can say it's in Australia, it's in New Zealand. So, but anyway, it's a little tiny white flower that the, the bees actually have to fly and pollinate to get Manuka honey. Now, the amazing thing about Manuka honey, and you really don't need to be a scientist to actually make a call on whether you believe in the benefits or not. Actually, it's amazing. It's actually proven to um, fight the COVID virus, as in the common cold virus. It was proven in tests to actually build immunity against SARS. I mean, we're in a different, you know, time now where, um, you know, we've got this pandemic going on. But at the end of the day, the people who uh, have been using Manuka honey for centuries, uh, particularly uh, the older generation Japanese people who take a teaspoon every day, they look, they're like 150 and they look like 20, I'm telling you. So, so um, as far as wellness is concerned, it's just got so many amazing benefits that you can actually ingest. But then, you know, if you've got uh, acne and you chuck a bit on or you've got a breakout, uh, you want to do a bit of a facelift or uh, just slap that honey on, baby, and you're good to go. <laughs> it is honestly amazing. Um, and some of the exciting things, even with... Uh, you know, going a little bit further than the new honey, then you've got bee venom. I mean, there's just been massive research, which we're really interested in as a company, that bee venom's actually uh, helping, you know, women with breast cancer. So there's just so much um, natural wellness loaded in there. And once you start the journey with it, it's it's pretty addictive. And it smells great, you know. Yeah, yeah like I, I'm, I'm holding this shampoo bar, and I didn't know there was like bars for shampoo. I've never seen it. So this works, you literally just take it and you just scrub your hair with it? Yeah, that should do 50 to 70 washes, right? Wow. And you're, I know, I yeah, know. That'll last me forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your hair will be like flowing out. No, it'll be fantastic. No, honestly, that's a, that's a great product. And if you talk about hair care and scalp and everything like that, then Manuka honey is fantastic for that. Um, you know, I'm in the situation now where I'm like, um, can we put Manuka honey in that? Like, can we put Manuka honey in it? Anything we can do to actually infuse that goodness and actually, you know, help people sort of understand boosting immunity without being like going to the drugstore or stuff like that. That's, that's yeah, fun. You got this honey candle. What's going on there? Like, this is this honey candle. I'm just like blown away by this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's honeycomb. So we press it in sheets and then we roll it up. And you know, you light it, obviously. So like your house on fire or anything like that but stick it in a pillar thing and like it um smells beautiful it's it's just all natural completely naturally rolled by the girls downstairs rolling honey candles so you could light this candle and just like any typical candle and it just does does it get wax like what is it what happens uh, it goes inside so it just burns down like obviously you know if you've got a taper candle thing or you can stick it on one of those like sticky uppy things sticky uppy things yeah <laughs> Get your bath going, get your shampoo bar going, and you're good to go, yeah? That's you awesome. Guys, take the moment. Take the moment, I guess. Take you the know, moment. Of, take the moment. You, you deserve it. No, it's really cool. The whole brand, just be yourself. You know, that's awesome. Do your own sting. You know, it's all, yeah. you're, you are your brand. You're one big smile. You're just a happy person, and you put a smile on people's face. Like, when I got this, I got all these... You can tell you put a lot of effort and time into all the little shareable things that come with it, right? Yeah. It's really nicely made and created. It's it's a really 
beautiful thing. But now that you've built this great foundation, you're, the company's going, what's yeah. like, where do you see the challenges today to take it from where you want to be here to 10X? Um, yeah, so that's a really good question. I know really clearly where I want to be. Um, you know, I want, I want a, a really a massive company, like a really big company. I want to be um, in all the great wellness uh, stores like Whole Foods, uh, I'd love to design something for Trader Joe's, all of these uh, really amazing companies who have quite, I, I call it um, important banned ingredients lists, you know, like that they you have to actually meet a criteria to get into these stores. So I definitely see us as a household name. Um, I want it to be an affordable, fun name that you can go to the supermarket and grab, you know, get your lip balm on or get your shampoo bar on. Um, and that's starting to happen. We're getting into a few stores now, which is really, really cool. Um, it's definitely been difficult and challenging with being here in New Zealand, you know, literally being able to push that forward, hence the online. So for me, uh, online business, you know what? I've got a big goal in mind to be delivering these bundles all throughout the world and uh, pushing forward with that and just uh, going into different countries. We've recently just launched our Japan website completely in Japanese. Uh, I don't know what it says. It says the same stuff as New Zealand one. You know, we're getting orders through there and I really want the brand to be, uh, um, uh, sounds so cliche, but I want it to be a feel-good brand with wellness. I want it to be, uh, Manuka Honey as a branding situation in New Zealand itself. They've got some amazing companies. But they're all very sterile and very um, medicinal. So I want to be the disruptor that's like, ah, oh, that crazy honey bunch, but it's such good product. You know, it's such a good product. God, it made, what, what, what are they doing now? Like, what is she doing now? What is that? You know, like the shampoo bar, for you to ask me, what is that? That makes me think, yeah, we're on something really good. So the more of that would be the better. Um, after that, you know, build to sell, I think, which is realistic if you're going to be talking honestly as an entrepreneur. Um, Look into uh, really, really investing some time and money into things I'm very passionate about personally. Trophy uh, hunting, definitely want to stop that. Um, yeah, and then do the next thing, I guess. But at the moment, I'm, I'm just all loved up with it. Oh, you got your phone. <laughs> your honey bunch. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole idea of beekeeping is a really interesting hobby too right? Like that's like one of the biggest issues going on in the world. We don't have enough bees. Bees pollinate the plants. Plants give us oxygen, grow our crops, the whole shebang. It's a huge industry of people that are getting into beekeeping. But I found this interesting documentary about how I believe it was in China, they were underselling basically honey that wasn't real honey. And they were cutting the market like crazy. So if you were selling honey, you know, any typical person, maybe it sells for $2 a gallon. That's just, you know, you know random number. Yeah, they were selling cool. it for a dollar a gallon and it was just killing people. Then it got exposed as not being super legit. And it's crazy how these products can just get tweaked just a little bit and people can make mafia money on something like honey. Yeah, it is crazy. We um, actually, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I should have mentioned this earlier, but we just actually uh, bonded or partnered, like officially partnered with beinformed.org, which is a non-profit in the US. And they are, honestly, they're 
the most amazing people. They are a non-profit organization who are promoting the well-being and health of honeybees and educating not only beekeepers but also the community, uh, what you can do to increase uh, bee colonies, etc. And honestly, they're so much fun because they're always out. You can never get a hold of them. They're always out doing some bee stuff. But it's very factual and it's actually very important for us to understand exactly everything you said. So with the wellness and the happiness and all that, there comes to, there, there does come a, a balance of a scientific or a factual situation that we want our brand to be recognised with as well. We just don't want to dilute the fun because where fun doesn't mean we take that, you know, not seriously. For us, it's really, really cool. Um, so we've done this thing, so we've made the Be Informed Bundle. I'm going to tell you about that because they deserve to get as much help as possible. And 20% of that bundle, every time you buy it, goes to, uh, directly to beinformed.org. And, you know, we've just started that about two weeks ago, so we're pretty excited about that. It's the China thing with the honey. I mean, that's just so terrific. Like, they did the same thing with Rice Man. They made paper, paper rice. I'm like, are you serious? I know they do it with everything like olive oil is one of the biggest crazy mart industries to ever be in yeah it's pretty awful but you know it has to be discussed it does have to be talked about I think um well it's interesting too just because it is so expensive I mean if you go to Whole Foods and you buy a little thing of honey it's 12 14 bucks because it's yeah. and i understand why it's expensive i mean it's so hard to make honey right yeah, um, but at the same time it's great to see people like you that are taking that raw ingredient and innovating on top of it and doing the whole all natural thing where you can go to sleep at night knowing you're helping people you're building a business it's natural you got the partnership i mean you're really thinking outside the box especially as a small business owner on really how can you separate yourself yeah, that's, that's, that's completely our message and, and how we want to be seen to be doing things at the moment. I call us the underbees, you know, like the underdogs, but, um, you know, the underbees, uh, you know, full of goodness, we're legit and transparent and everything we do, uh, do. You know, when it came to presenting to some of the bigger chain stores in the US and, and submitting into places like Whole Foods and that, we had to make a really, really uh, strong decision straight away to go through their list and say, ah, oh, okay, they, they don't like this. And then why do they not like it? Okay, well, I get it now. I understand it more. So, um, you know, we've really defined our company to be a bigger company in the future. And um, we just don't want to lose the, the inspiration behind it or the messaging behind it. I want people to actually smile, even if they just buy a lip balm at the supermarket. Um, we just recently have, you know, one of the things that we've done since I started the business uh, in the US was when COVID turned up, we made a decision. Uh, you know, we weren't like, oh, while well, we've got a financial situation with money flowing everywhere, probably why the one million's written on my board up there, um, is we decided that we would give our lip balms, Manukani lip balms, to all of the frontline healthcare workers. And as of yesterday, I think we've donated around 15,800 lip balms directly to the hospital. And, you know, we've had people, we just ask them to email us. You don't need to do anything. If you've got an ID that's a doctor's ID or a nurse or you're helping someone on the front line, email us, tell us how many in team and we'll send a lip balm. 
And the best thing about that is they just send so many cool photos back. You know, and they've got their masks on, but they've got their lip balm, they're doing silly stuff and taking a moment just to have some fun and really smile. And for us, okay, well, we're, we're doing something to help them. You know, they're helping us. So it's been really cool. I've, I've loved that part of it. And meanwhile, as you're building this business, first of all, you got to tell the Snoop Dogg story. Tell us how that whole thing went down. Yeah. Well, so, so I'm, well, I call it the Snoop effect, actually. Recently, um, well, not recently, a few years ago, I was at LA Airport, just staying along, uh, where is it, um, you know, where the airport way is, staying on there, going for a little run, uh, ended up sitting next to this amazing dressed African-American guy who's slightly older and he had this big-ass big diamond watch on. And I was all sweaty and just like, oh, my God, I have to take a photo, I have to take a photo. So I'm like trying to take a photo like this. You know, I couldn't do it without him looking at me just going, who the heck is this? Anyway, um, I said to him, would you like, can I take a photo of your watch for my Instagram? You know, and not that I'm a blogger or anything, but it's just such an amazing thing. And he's like, yeah, sure, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from New Zealand. And he's like, I've been to New Zealand. And I was like, no way. I was thinking, serious? And then he goes, yeah, I've been to a concert there. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, what concert did you go to? And he's like, do you know Snoop Dogg? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I know Snoop Dogg. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm cooking at his place. I'm his uncle. You want to come to a barbecue? I was like, oh my gosh. I was freaking out first. And then I was like, is this legit? So I was like, oh yeah, you're staying at this hotel? Yeah, yeah, I'll come along. And he's like, oh, meet me at seven here or something. Anyway, we, we swapped numbers. He messages me, and during this time, I'm Googling and getting everyone I know to Google this guy. Like, I'm trying to take photos. Is this a legit or am I going to end up in some house somewhere or what's going on? You know, I'm in Inglewood. And um, he's, he's like, uh, messages and says, yeah, come on, I'll meet you at the gate. And so I get in the, uh, the Uber, and I, I'll never forget. You know, it's about 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. It's quite dark, and it's in Inglewood, like, it doesn't look like a house at all. And there's this big gate. And this, the Uber lady, she turned around and she said, how did you skinny white girl get to Snip Dog's house? And I was like, um, y'all don't know, is this actually his house? And he's, she's like, damn, it is, girl. So go in. Anyway, we have this amazing time. It was just like hanging out with family. I uh, got to know the, the family there. We were grilling around at a barbecue. And I said, oh my gosh, you have to uh, sell the sauce. And Uncle Rio, for example, said, yeah, it's my sauce, it's famous sauce. And I was like, well, why don't we bottle it and we'll sell the sauce? And he's like, okay, do it. So I was like, okay. So learned how to make a bottle label. You know, took a, I, I flew to Portland, actually. They flew me up there to take photos of some outside of restaurants and all that sort of stuff. Did that, came home. Kind of like a millennial person to help me design a bottle label and uh, sold the sauce. And Martha Stewart had actually been involved with that on the uh, TV show. She does a show up there. So they've been on together. So she's on the label. And I'm like, oh, my change is safe. Anyway, um, a, a few days, a few weeks later, I just see on Facebook, um, this is my business manager, Lisa Jolly. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what, what does this mean? Uh, yeah, I didn't tell you this, but, but 
I flew to Las Vegas to learn how to be a, a rap manager and I decided that I'd go and find a guy called EJ Matthews who was Mike Tyson's manager and Erica Badu's manager and he wouldn't he wouldn't actually re reply to my email and then a last search there said I'm sitting in Vegas in the tidiest hotel like $40 circus circus hotel thinking oh my god what have I done what have I done how am I going to know how to do this and I messaged him I've got donuts and coffee just give me five minutes Next thing I know, I'm like in this uh, Bellagio VIP suite with this guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you want to manage these people? And these people turned up and they signed a contract and said I was the manager. And anyway, now I'm managed after all of that and kept in contact with everything. I've done a tour to New Zealand and Australia with Uncle Rio and the Rex squad, the nephews. So officially now I'm still the manager of the Rex squad and they're in Mississippi and they're the best band, best rap people in the world. So yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of did time. You, did you say, is it, it. is it Rex squad or Rick squad? Uh, Rick, R-E-K-K -K, squad. Nice. I'll send you some links. Honestly, it's really good. Yeah. We had this thing where we recorded a few songs at Snoop's house and uh, because I was like the manager person, <laughs> I was supposed to be doing that. So I wrote this song on this napkin. Uh, you know, I had a few cosmopolitans, wrote a napkin with some friends. Went the next day, gave them the napkin. We did this song, did it at Snoop's house, did it with Rhea. It's actually had about 100,000 something streams on Shopify or whatever, Spotify. And <laughs> now I just help produce. I don't know, I just, I just help them really. I just like to help them. I love the music. I love the family. Um, they're really entrepreneurial people, which is fantastic. So anything goes, you know, if you've got an idea, you, you can, you know, pretty much have a discussion about it, which is really cool. That's so, amazing. Yeah, I'm the rap, rap girl. <laughs> I mean, you're that, you're the person that someone gives you something, you're like, hey, I can do this. Next thing you know, you know, you're here, you step into this new world, you have no idea what you're doing, and you just give it a shot, and you think positive, and you try to be polite, and you're nice, and Good things happen to good people. Obviously, there's always, you know, positions of luck. Sometimes it's like, yo, how did this all work out, right? And then yeah, there's other yeah. positions of if you don't act on luck, you'll never, ever actually get lucky. If you don't put yourself in a position to get lucky, then it's like doing this podcast. If we don't do this podcast and there's not a position or a chance that it ends up blowing up and becoming one of the largest podcasts in the world, you don't know until you just start sending it out and start putting it out. And you're the perfect example. You meet someone, you know, at the airport, next thing you know, you're getting an invite to Snoop's house. You realize they're all just really nice, normal people. And uh, it's just a good time. And it was a good experience. And those are the best. There's this euphoric moments where you don't know where you are, who the people are around you. No one knows who each other are. And you realize like you can be anyone you want to be if you truly want to just play the cards, right? Like put on the mask and be that person. I think more people... Oh. In myself, even I need to do a better job at that. I think the world needs to do a better job at that because it's crazy. You can literally reinvent yourself. Ah, uh, you can. I, honestly, the the stories that I could tell, which has just been purely from taking the time to talk to the person next to you, or actually listen to them, um, is unbelievable. Like I, all of my, it's not, it's not actually luck. It's actually just 
giving a shit about the actual people in your life or who are around you and taking the time to actually learn something. I mean, that's why I love travel and I love to build my brand to be able to go different places. I mean, hey, um, I was actually Bill Clinton florist, by the way. That's another story, but we'll have to have another two hours <laughs> of podcast for that. So, I mean, you know, you get these opportunities because you're not you're not afraid of rejection. You know, we're all just people at, at the end of the day and we're all just trying to do our thing and, and have a good life. And, um, yeah, I mean, Smooth family is honestly just such an amazing family. And, you know, if you talk entrepreneurs, he's, he's it, man, I'm telling you. He is a longevity, creative, you know, uh, clever, super witty, and uh, just, just such nice people, like the whole family. They're really, 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 really cool people, really. So right. if, if you could go back in time and know everything you know now, right? And, and you could have go back in time, maybe like right out of college or just around the age of like 21. And you could have told yourself, you know, one, two or three things. It would have saved you a ton of time, money, heartache, headache. And, you know, the best answer is, you know, I wouldn't have changed anything and made me who I am today. But that is, you know, that's no fun. So if you had to go and say something, what would you say to yourself? Um, I'd say uh, learn to speak Mandarin. That, that definitely uh, would, have, would have been something I've done. Don't undersell your confidence um, or yourself. Uh, you know, what, one thing I think a lot of people do, particularly like myself on your self-support, people, other people come into your lives perhaps you know, there's a lot of people trying to, uh, you know, sell you advice or you know encourage you, but really, that you can, you don't, you can't, you can't do it. There's no point selling out for someone else to tell you what to do. You have to listen to your heart, heart and be legit. So I would say definitely don't listen to those people because you know, unless they're in your shoes, who who knows? Um, what else would I say? I probably would have, um, hmm. uh, yeah, probably wouldn't have burnt my bridges so much with um, making financial decisions early in my business career, you know, like being a bit reckless and gun ho with things. Uh, so, yeah, I probably changed that and have a bit more strategy. I've got a really close business person I respect in my life who says, you're, you're amazing, you're the go-do-it girl. Um, there's so many people who strategize over things forever and never go and do it. So you just need to learn the strategy. So I'd probably spend some time teaching myself a bit of strategy. Uh, but then would I have had so much fun? No, probably not. <laughs> yeah, other than that, I'm pretty happy with everything, I think. That's good. I love it. The go do it girl. Not a yeah, bad reputation. Good job, depending what you're doing. But <laughs> I see you're the connections guy, by the way. I just like people, you know, just like humans. Yeah, it's yeah funny, me too. Right? Yeah, I can, if I can meet you with, you know, like there was this uh, woman, Natalie, at Mind Movies. Like, I feel like you two would get along so well. She created this huge personal development brand out of basically creating a storyboard video of your dreams and what you want to accomplish in life. So instead of having a dream board, you actually create a video, uh -huh. kind of self-programming, you know, the whole law of attraction deal. Uh, it's oh, just interesting that you can take a, something like that and build it into a business. I mean, the big reason I podcast, especially in this space, is I get inspired. I'm selfish. I selfishly want to get inspired, right? And naturally, because I'm so curious, that's why our listeners have gotten more into it because 
every time you hear one of these stories, it just strengthens your belief. And you realize, oh, this chick's super normal. She's like me. She says shit. <laughs> oh, awesome. Next thing you know, you're out there on Richard Branson's Island making moves. So it's really inspiring, you know? Yeah, I'm really, to be, to be honest, if you want to watch this space and do a podcast, I'm going to get to that bloody island. I'm telling you that. Richard, if you're out there, I'm getting to the island because I'm never going to give up. That's one thing I'd say to anyone. Just do not give up. If that's your thing that you want to, you know, actually, it's not even really about, it's about uh, like that selfish thing that you, um, you're talking about. For me, being on Richard Branson's island is not about oh, sitting in a palm tree or any, you know, in a pool or anything like that. It's actually knowing that I'd be surrounded by cool, interesting people, uh, entrepreneurs with stories. You know, you could share the, you know, a bottle of wine or champagne and just have a good old time. Uh, amazing wildlife. Like for me, that would be super cool. Um, and yeah, who else goes to freaking Jenica Island? I'm like, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. It's gonna happen. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and for the people that are right on the cusp of jumping into say entrepreneurship for the first time or a new venture, or maybe they're just down in the gutters, maybe they just got fired from a job or they're in a transition or they have life situations going on or divorce or I don't know. There's a million things, right? And they're just in the slumps. What would you say to that person that's right on the cusp of jumping into something they think they would love to do? Yeah, I, I think if anything, the pandemic's definitely said now. Now's the time. You just just do it. Um, you you really. Uh, the, I think the only thing that holds people back is the rejection or the fear of what other people might think of them if they fail or. Uh, you know, look to be doing something slightly risky or, or you know, something they wouldn't do. Um, I have a lot of people, like middle-aged women who follow me through a little blog thing I do. And really, all that, the only reason they do is because they want to do it themselves, you know, but they just haven't had the courage to, to take a leap. We've all got these issues in our lives at the moment and then we've got this pandemic on top of that. And you just have to make a choice about whether you choose to invest your energy into, uh, you know, that shitty divorce or whatnot, or you actually say that, okay, right, it's time to regather myself. And I say in gangster land, to own my shit and I'm going to make it happen. I've learned that. That's a great saying. So just own everything you've got that's amazing and positive that you, you believe in yourself and just say to the world, yeah, I'm actually amazingly good. I'm going to give it a go. If you don't give it a go, you'll never know. Simple as that. You got you got the gangstiness to you. You know, you keep it OG. You know, you're you're, <laughs> you're around it. You're around the culture. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, you know, there's good and bad things about that. But you know, uh, if you think about the good things, uh, you know, if, if you, it's almost like you you do. You have the self belief. You know, like you you can tell a story and own it. You know, if you think about rap and music or gangster rap or anything like that, that's, that's legitimately telling a story about what's happening in their community or in their lives or whatnot. I mean, it's really, really, really interesting for me to be a rapper and be like, yeah, yo, I'm having a divorce or something like this, you know, <laughs> like it just doesn't work. So, you know, I try and own it as much as possible because they're just, you know, my guys, they say my guys are genuinely lovely people. And I wouldn't be working with anyone who wasn't a genuinely nice person. So, 
that own your shit stuff works really well. And I just say, own your shit, people. Get out there and just, you know, drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. With that said, I appreciate you. How can people follow you on social? How can people follow the journey? Well, okay. Honey Bunch Natural is our Instagram. And I'm the Instagram spammer. There's no one doing it. So if anyone wants to message me and tell me to clean up the Instagram, honeybunchnaturals.com and you can order online. And I would, oh, I would suggest order the BN forms so we can donate to them at the same time. Um, and then I have my own little blog under Lisa Jolly on Facebook and uh, One Woman Brand Girl. It's me. Oh, my gosh, that chocolate. Whitaker's Manuka Honey Care Chocolate. Have you eaten? You haven't had that yet, have you? I was waiting for a special moment. Do you know people get that in the box and then they order, like, someone ordered 16 bars yesterday of that chocolate. That's it's when you, like, wake chocolate. up last night and you're like, oh, what happened? Oh, man. <laughs> I got 16 <laughs> bars of chocolate last night. Shit, not again. You know, <laughs> it's healthy. It's got manuka honey in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you, Lisa. We'll have to run this back in you know a year because so much is going to change. It's I'm excited for the updates. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Great. I love your smile, by the way. It would look good with a grill, right? <laughs> right there. I gotta start no, with it. I gotta start with a tattoo before I get a grill. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Anyway, thanks right. so much for having me. We appreciate okay, you. Take soon. care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.